Let's get into this concept of epigenetics and how it relates to physical fitness and basically how physical fit parents can, uh, is it possible, possible for physical fit parents to produce physically fit offspring? So I think the concept in, in itself, I think most people already believe it's possible, right? I mean, just think about the idea of like, uh, sperm banks or like, uh, people looking for donors, right? Sperm yeah. donors, like maybe, uh, single women that want a child, um, or, you know, even, you know, uh, uh, same sex marriages that want children and yeah, have, you, they you get surrogates, that. right? You hear that a lot. Like, right. you know, they're choosing top of the line specimens so that hopefully those genetics get passed down. To exactly, their kids. right? I mean, it's That's like the basics. The whole, right? the whole, the whole like, uh, sitcom stereotype was that, I mean, they look through this big book with people's pictures and their, their college, you know, education and That's what they do. That's why Joey from Friends never got selected. Exactly. <laughs> so. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We have a somewhat complex episode for you guys today, I would say. We're diving into a subject area that I don't even think I completely understand, but I'm super (laughs) interested in. And that's the idea of epigenetics. That's right, epigenetics. Uh, and uh, be more specifically, we're trying to see what kind of evidence is out there that uh, suggests that physical fitness can be passed down to future generations, if that's possible. And apparently there are some studies that uh, can, recent studies that may provide an answer to that question. Yeah. And we're going to go ahead and explore that today. Nice. But before we do that, guys, we need to give you guys a shout out for sharing the podcast, giving those rating reviews. Um, we see the download numbers going up every, every week. So that's thanks to you guys. So uh, pat yourselves on the back. Um, if you haven't done either of those things, like share the podcast or giving us a rating review, how dare you? Um, <laughs> but I do forgive you. And I will allow you to do so right now. Oh, sorry. Not right now. After you listen to the podcast, go. Please do so. Uh, in all seriousness, sharing the podcast, super easy. You can just text the link um, to a friend or uh, and or please go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating review for us there or on your preferred podcast app. Ratings do help uh, more people find the podcast when they're looking for health and fitness podcasts. Yep. So that's why we always ask you guys to do so. So um, with that said, um, I also want to encourage you guys to uh, check out the one of the sponsors for or the sponsor for today's episodes, the Amino Company. Uh, head to AminoCo.com slash ATF and you guys can learn more about the products and what I actually think about the products. Well, and you just got a shipment in, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So you're, you're restocked. We restocked. You know, I'm a, I am a user. Uh, I'm not on. <laughs> what is it? Did that hair club for men? Do you remember that commercial? I'm not. I'm not also. Not I'm not only a... the president. I'm also the client. Yeah. I'm also a client. <laughs> well, I'm not the president, but not only am I. Uh, they the sponsor of this podcast or this week's po- episode, uh, but I'm also a user of AminoCo, and you guys will hear more about them in shortly. So, okay, on to training recaps. 
Would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. All right. Well, here you go. Um, I got on, I think I got on the bike three times this past week and I did a HIIT workout. What'd you do for your HIIT? I just did a HIIT workout. (laughs) Nothing specific. I thought I saw you doing something specific when I caught you doing your HIIT workout this week. Um, that wasn't my HIIT workout actually though. That was one day I did since somebody was using the bike when I was up, (laughs) we were conflicting, um, in what we were doing for our workouts. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does happen. We don't coordinate. It's more of just like, you know, certain days I know Nick's usually over here. Yeah. Well, he was using the bike, so I came in. I did a ten-minute shadow boxing workout. Right, I did see that. So that was something also that I did. Yeah. Oh, uh, so you did another? That wasn't the hit. That wasn't the hit you were talking about. Right. I did oh, just a okay. short hit workout at the beginning gotcha. of the week, and then that day I did the ten-minute shadow boxing. Which, if you've never done it before, it's a really good upper body workout, mm-hmm. and even if you lift weights and whatnot it's a different kind of muscle work so it's more like endurance and it's also like what do they call that the fast twitch Mm -hmm. muscles because like when you're snapping it back yeah versus like lifting something lifting a weight so i feel like it works your muscles differently than Mm -hmm. like weight lifting would yeah speed and strength difference between speed and strength carrying for sure so um it was it's a it was a nice change up actually. And yeah. They have a ton of those workouts. This is Peloton. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. So I just did a Peloton like 10 minute shadow boxing with Kendall and I was out of breath yeah. <laughs> by the end. I did walk in on you and I will comment that you had good form. So oh, there you go. Yay. Yep, I do approve. Um, if Shannon does know that every time we see a commercial where there's boxing involved in the commercial, I always critique anybody's form to yeah to see you know is this just a model that they got in order to you know yeah <laughs> for uh, looks purposes you know and then showed her some basic stuff the day of or was this somebody who actually knows how to box that happens to be uh, uh, a good spoof model so yeah uh, it's a you can tell very quickly anyway yeah. my training recap great week um, I would say all five days. Got my movement in uh, only two, one day of jujitsu this week, but it was a great week, um, a great jujitsu day. I do multiple classes during the day, so um, or two classes back to back, I should say. But it was a very productive uh, class of jujitsu. Uh, got some good lifts in this week. Got a good uh, trip to the sauna in. Um, I didn't mention this, and this is not what's got me pumped, but um, I think we might have discussed. Uh, or maybe just Shannon and I t- discussed about a, a, a sauna friend I made a few months ago. Which oh, yeah. sound weird. Uh, this it guy who actually was talking about how um, apparently he had some sort of hernia mesh put in, like some sort of plastic mesh put in his body when he had a hernia at maybe, I think, he, years ago. And apparently it's been slowly, slowly poisoning his body. Um, there's a whole class action suit against the company for this product. Um, and he had recently got it removed, um, and he just came back. I just saw him again for the first time in months, and he was like, yeah, he's like, I feel 
a hundred percent like a new a better person so um it was just an interesting to kind of catch up with him and uh really kind of reconnect with him and sounds like he's hopefully kind of on uh the mend he can't really do any too much lifting or anything he was just in the sauna but um you could tell that he was uh i think pretty happy with what happened so That's sounds good. like it's uh it's he's on a positive uh on the on the on the road to the uh, recovery so, ah, okay. so, uh, so speaking about uh, road recovery, I mean, obviously, I don't think too many people are hopefully in, in dire straits as that have a piece of, you know, something poisoning their body. But maybe you're just lacking motivation when it comes to working out on a regular basis. Happens. Well, uh, let me tell you, you guys can get a customized uh, workout plan, uh, basically, uh set uh created for you uh based on your fitness goals your equipment uh access and any type of physical limitations you have you can get it created for you and delivered to you right on your smart device through the tampa strength app so that's right you can contact yours truly uh send us a dm on our instagram which is uh at the atf podcast thank you you so always the remember atf podcast that's right mm-hmm. so you guys send us a dm there and uh i'll chit chat with you about uh those things we just mentioned uh uh fitness goals equipment access previous condition health conditions and i can create your workout plan delivered to you through the app it's got exercise videos recommended sets reps uh, even tips on how to complete the exercises safely. So if you guys are interested in that, please send us a DM on our Instagram, the ATF podcast. All right. So now let's jump into this topic. It's broad. We're just going to touch, basically scratch the surface of it because there's so many layers <laughs> and some layers I don't even understand. So let's get into this concept of epigenetics and how it relates to physical fitness and basically how physical fit parents can, uh, is it possible, possible for physical fit parents to produce physically fit offspring? So I think the concept in, in itself, I think most people already believe it's possible right i mean just think about the idea of like uh sperm banks or like uh people looking for donors right sperm yeah. donors like maybe uh single women that want a child um or you know even you know uh uh same-sex marriages that want children and have, you, they you get surrogates right you hear that a lot like right. you know they're choosing Top of the line specimen, so that hopefully those genetics get passed down. To exactly their kids. right. I mean, it's That's like the basic. The whole, right? the whole, the whole like uh, sitcom stereotype was that. I mean, they look through this big book with people's pictures and their their college, you know, education and That's what they do. Why Joey from Friends never got selected? Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, the he idea, the idea that they that they want favorable traits to be passed down. That's I think that's. I think a lot of people understand that. I mean, that's really genetics in itself. I mean, um, natural selection, the whole idea is that mates look for certain at, you know, traits in another, in their mate or, you know, females or males look for certain aspects, uh, to produce, you know, viable offspring. Um, so, but the thought is, uh, though kind of to go a little deeper into that, is the idea of uh, epigenetics. And I was, I've heard that term kind of tossed around a little bit. Um, so I wanted to give you guys a really definite 
definite definition of what epigenetics is. So I found a good uh, one, you know, obviously on uh, a little known website called Google. Um, it says <laughs> epigenetics is the study of how your behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way you, your genes work. So um, I think the idea is that um, even though you have certain genes when you're born, uh, the kind of the nature versus nurture aspect, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so even though, you know, I may have a predisposition to have things like high cholesterol, um, basically I, my physical fitness has helped me to uh, minimize some of the things associated with that. Yes, I do have high cholesterol still, but I don't have hypertension. I don't have um, uh, high C-reactive protein levels. Um, a lot of the things that are associated with uh, high cholesterol and or uh, precursors of heart disease I'm relatively low based on all the tests I take. I have a low risk for heart disease besides the high cholesterol. So um, those are some like small examples. Now I wanted to delve into the idea is can physically fit parents pass those type of uh, traits along to their offspring? So this guy, this whole idea, this thought got snowballed. I've heard people talk about it in podcasts before, but lo and behold, one of my favorite people, where Dr. Rhonda Patrick, um, found my fitness on pretty much all the social channels. Yeah. She, uh, she released a, she just sent a tweet out about how, uh, a recent study, I think it was from 2019, was done on males, um, and that went through a three month exercise program and it actually changed the makeup of their sperm. And it actually, I'm going to go ahead and read it because so I don't butcher it. Um, basically these guys had a control group and in the control group, uh, it's a genome wide, uh, genome wide sperm DNA methylation, methylate, how do you say that word? Methylation? Yeah. Methylation. Methylation. Changes after three months of exercise training. So basically the results were that, uh, global and genome wide sperm DNA methylation was altered after three months of exercise training. DNA methylation changes occurred in genes related to numerous diseases such as schizophrenia and Parkinson's disease. Uh, it's the first evidence showing exercise training reprograms the sperm methylome. Whether these DNA methylome changes are inherited in future generations warrants attention. So this was just like, a, I guess, like a small, like, this is kind of the linchpin that made me want to look in to see if there was any studies done on future generations of physically fit parents. Because um, this test necessarily didn't say that the offspring of these guys who participated in this study were going to be less likely to have those kind of cognitive disease like schizophrenia or uh, Parkinson's. They just said it changed some of the methylization in there uh, to make people the possibly reduce the changes, uh, the chances of it. Yeah. So, um, so lo and behold, believe it or not, there's not a ton of studies available. Um, there was a meta analysis, which is basically, it's actually a huge research into the topic of, uh, basically is like physical fitness hereditary. Um, so it was done in 2019. Um, is that right? No, 2000, 2019. Yep. Sorry. Um, so the, and the title of the, uh, meta-analysis is impact of prenatal 
or no, <laughs> impact the parental, parental exercise on epigenetic modifications inherited by offspring. So they went through all the studies and basically based on what they saw, they found four studies that really kind of answered the question. And through what they found, um, I'm just going to read you kind of the, uh, the summary um, because it's, it's very complex. And I, I can recommend you guys could go s to read through the study. And you could probably read through it several times like I did and still kind of scratch your head. But um, basically, they, uh, they discovered in this, in the four, basically in the meta-analysis, there was four actual studies done that met all the search requirements. And from what they saw, they saw that parental exercise interventions were associated with differential DNA methylation patterns in offspring. So, in theory, it did change the DNA, right? In, in summation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, these shifts in methylation patterns were consistent with concurrent changes in offspring MRMR. RNA levels, protein expression, and functional measures. Many of the observed changes were related to metabolic pathways. Hence, the evidence suggests that exercise-induced epigenetic changes can be observed in offspring and may play a pivotal role among the multifactional factoral <laughs> intergenerational health impact of exercise, which is a mouthful. So, what so I've gathered from is... looking through all of this, this, and I mean, I looked through this meta-analysis several different times, is that it gives some evidence that, that physically, physical fitness can have a positive effect on the offspring. You know, they, I mean, I'm sure when you were pregnant, they always encouraged you to exercise. Oh, yeah. They, there's been like a number of studies that have proven... And that's why I thought this was interesting was because there's been loads of studies, I think, well, a bunch. It's pretty common knowledge. If you exercise when you're pregnant, that's only going to be better for you, for your labor, and for your kid. Like, right. that's going to set them up better. I don't know that, like, it ever got to the epigenetic level, yeah. but I feel like that's pretty general advice that you right. get. But what I thought was interesting was the impact of exercise for the father. Yeah. And how that was Agreed. even more of a factor. Right. Just stop putting it on women no. as being all responsible for this stuff. That's why I said it's like it, it's interesting because, and they say it in this study um, or this meta-analysis about how Obviously, once the woman is pregnant, exercise is super important for her, but preconception exercise is super important for the male. Um, to even, and so that's why they said in even the other one, um, that Dr. Rhonda Patrick, the other study talking about how exercise changes the traits that are passed on to the offspring. You know, it can change, obviously, your, your, uh, uh, your, for males, their sperm, um, but it can actually, be transferred to the, it's, I mean, it's suggested that it, those changes can be transferred to the offspring. So, and in, in this meta-analysis, they talk about how there's positive effects on glucose control, on um, being able to, um, I'm trying to think of a couple, a couple of other ones. Um, oh, they were talking about the benefits to cognitive function um, in there. And then I'm trying to see a couple other ones. Several in here. 
So in addition to uh, the, the cognitive function and the, the ability to control you know, uh, glucose levels or insulin insensit- uh, sensitivity, um, they also had the ability to um, you know, produce more ATP, um, things that are um, you know, uh, seen for people that are uh, physically fit. So they see that in the offspring too. So long story short is that they really wanted to, uh, it's, I think it's scratching the surface of uh, a real emergence area of science. So, um, I think the, the moral of the story is that I think I was really trying to share behind this is what we always try to share is the importance of fitness. Mm. You know, I mean, I think we, we've always talked about, the we've talked about multiple studies or numerous studies about how fitness can benefit the person the basically the the the, the person doing the exercise yeah. right how yeah. about all the benefits i mean i just read about again from dr ronda patrick about how 60 minutes of resistance training a week can reduce your chances of early death by 25 percent. yeah you know so it's like i mean that's nine minutes a day Nine minutes a day, yeah. you know, but then think about it, put on that stuff, not only for the person who's actually doing exercise, but I mean, parents to be, they could actually have a positive effect on their offspring if they exercise on a regular basis. Yeah. I think it, it puts it on both the parents, not just the uh-huh. mom to be, right? to put your health and fitness levels. If you're thinking about having kids, especially you know, do that in advance. Like right. that's going to set your child up for better chances of fitness. I agree. Which is, I mean, that's that's pretty powerful. That's pretty new, I feel like. I, th- I agree. And I think um, I want to uh, <clears throat> talk about this more, but let's share a quick word from today's sponsor. Listeners of the Addicted to Fitness podcast know that exercise is a regular part of our lives. With that said, recovery is also a regular part of our everyday life. We've tried numerous recovery products. We've interviewed the inventors of numerous recovery products, and nothing has really uh, provided the results that we really were looking for. That's until the Amino Company reached out to us and told us to try their Heal Supplement. The Heal Supplement is 100% science-backed to provide clinically proven benefits. It's three times more efficient at triggering muscle growth and repair than any other protein source. It can help maintain healthy inflammation levels, preserve muscle mass during periods of complete inactivity, and improves physical strength and function. Uh, it is also keto-friendly, soy-free, vegetarian, and gluten-free, and non-GMO. Guys, I, I've been using this for about a month now, and I promise you that my exercise intensity has been able to increase over that month, whether it be in jujitsu, strength training, on the Peloton, and I really am a big believer that the reason, one of the reasons why is because of the Heal product. You guys can take advantage and try it for yourself at a discount, being a listener of the Addicted to Fitness podcast, by going to aminoco.com and using the code ATF at checkout. Better yet, visit aminoco.com slash ATF to read more about what I think of these products and some of the science behind why Heal Supplement really works. 
Okay, so uh, I think the whole idea, not only are we talking about, we talked about now the, the studies are saying that it's possible to pass your, your uh, for in a, in, I wouldn't say like directly, it is possible to pass the benefits of physical fitness onto your offspring. Studies are suggesting that. But it's also, I think I saw something earlier this week about having your offspring see you prioritize fitness is a huge thing yes you know um i think uh it's the idea of having exercise equipment showing them that you work out that you you make time for workouts and things like that um it's it it's it's a huge that's that's part of i feel like that epigenetics the nature versus nurture thing i mean epigenetics is all about the environment Right. You know, not just the genes, you know, yep. gene expression is, is affected by the environment. So it's like being in an environment where fitness is a priority, proper nutrition is a priority. I mean, education is a priority. I know we're going into a little bit outside of the area of fitness, but it's like those things are priority. That's how you, and I know this is, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to raise their kids, but <laughs> I feel like that's how you make a, a whole very well-rounded human. Yeah. You know, I mean, the reason why I think, you know, my brother and I uh, really played as many sports is because physical fitness was uh, a big part of our upbringing. You know, I mean, I've told it, shared it many times on this podcast. I mean, first sport we ever, both my brother and I did, we were swimming. Yep. And, you know, my mom was a swim coach. You know, she taught us how to swim. We were, you know, three or four years old. Um, or on the swim team when we were three or four year old. They took, we got taught how to swim at a younger age than that. But, um, that was a priority. And then like my dad was always playing softball or volleyball and was a great baseball player, great wrestler. So it was like that, those seeing that physical fitness, you know, it wasn't translated as much when I was growing up into, you know, seeing my dad on an exercise bike or lifting weights or my mom, you know, running or anything like that. My mom did do, uh, Richard Simmons went into the oldies. So I did oh, see a lot of that. Oh, that's great. But it was it was definitely a priority, and so the environment that I grew up in affected, I feel, the the really the the way I saw fitness. You know? I definitely think it did for me. And I mean, I had a dad who got up every morning at five o'clock. Like honestly, probably the the number of mornings he didn't do this. I could probably count on like two hands my like the whole time I was with him growing up, mm-hmm. which was until I was eleven. He would go swim. Like he he would get up early and go swim and like he'd be getting home when I was getting like up to go to school, right. you know, like he'd go and do that. And then my mom, she was always going for runs. And she also did Jane Fonda. Yeah. Hey, hey. I mm-hmm. did some of those too. But, like, she involved me. Like, both my parents involved me in what they loved. My mom had me do, like, I got, like, a little outfit. I have a picture somewhere. Nice. Um, Me and my mom, like, doing workouts together in our little outfits. <laughs> Jane Fonda kind of style outfits. And my dad, you know, would take me swimming. And when I got older, I would go on jogs with my mom mm-hmm. and totally slow her down, which I'm yeah. sure was super frustrating. But, like, they involved me in what they did. Right. And that really did have a lasting 
effect on my mind. Yeah. And I mean, I think fitness is going, uh, is, is evolving from where it was in our parents' generation to our generation. So it, it's got to be changed. And I think spending, you know, seeing whether it's going, taking the kids to the gym or what, what it may be. Um, I think that's a huge part of the epigenetic idea of influence your influence your offspring's genes through their environment so um, not only is it a a priority to be physically fit i think when you are uh contemplating having kids mm-hmm. um but i think it's also uh to continue that fitness when they're here and they can experience and where they're in an environment where fitness is priority yes so absolutely. epigenetics physical fitness what a complex uh, a, a concept, I should say. Yeah. I was going to say a complex concept, concept because it <laughs> is. Like, and we're just scratching the surface and like, honestly, uh, I'm sure there's going to be more studies about this coming out, but it's a good, pl- it's, we're getting in on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty pumped that I feel like you and I are uh, hopefully uh, being a good epigenetic example. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I but um, you know what else I'm pumped about? What's got Our us pumped? segment. Yeah. This segment of the podcast that. called What's Got Us Pumped. So you went first for training recap. That means I could go first. Um, speaking of environments, speaking of trying to raise our child in an environment where fitness is a priority, um, I'm excited to say that Ella went to her first jujitsu class this week. She tried out jujitsu. Um, goes to the same gym that I train at. So they have a great kids program. So I was excited. They said they usually start the kids around five years old. So, you know, Ella just had her fifth birthday recently. So I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. Um, you know, we went and watched the class. She was really interested. And then we came back a week later and did the class. And she was, uh, I feel like she loved it. What do you think? I mean, you saw some of the videos. I did. I got to see we, we um, Nick Marco poloed and... I was like almost in tears. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I granted I've I've never really seen jujitsu. I've never done martial arts, um, of really like any kind. Like all I've done is kickboxing. Right. <laughs> um, it was so amazing to show. Like I asked Nick so many times afterwards. I'm like, do they really give them that much attention? Do they really walk them through it? Mm-hmm. Or was that just because she was new? And you said, you're like, no, that's what they do with all the kids. And then mm-hmm. the kids practice on their own. Mm-hmm. And you said she had like a little friend yeah. in the class. And I just, it was Ella, but she was, she was so comfortable. Yeah. And I was like, this is a new class. Like if I, if that had been me at that age, I would have been terrified and she was just like doing it and like, and actually progressing in those tiny little clips of video. Mm -hmm. And it was just so amazing. And she was smiling. Yeah. And we've always talked because I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I did a bunch of different things. Like Mm -hmm. I tried a bunch of, I've tried gymnastics i tried figure skating i tried basketball like i tried so many different sports none of them really stuck when i was younger you know like i just i didn't i tried swimming you know like all these different things and like she just 
seems like a natural. Like yeah. she she was enjoying it, and we said we wouldn't put her in it unless she was enjoying it. Yep. And she did. Yeah. You could see it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, lots of thumbs ups and everything was very smiley and ran off when she demanded I buy her ghee. So she got her ghee. Which looks amazing. So she's going back this week. She's going back this week. And I'm very excited because, like I said, they had during that class, they had two black belts in there. And then they had uh, probably, I would say, four or five um, teen instructors with Mm -hmm. them, like helpers. So, probably six to seven instructors helping out a group. And they probably had probably about 20 kids in that class, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe like, maybe 16 or so. But I mean, I mean, it was a great ratio of, you know, kind of uh, instructors to students. So yeah. that was really awesome. I was very happy about that. So I'm um, very, very pleased and excited for her to go back. And I, I think she is too. So that's what pumped me, got me pumped. What about you? <laughs> well, mine is Something so as different. Something as that. Mine is so not as meaningful. Mine is a product. Um, but it is a it is one that I feel like has saved me. And I was trying to we were trying to figure it out before the podcast, before we sat down and record. I'm like, have I not said this sooner? Well, if not, if you have, it's I mean, right. if you've heard this before, then now you just know like how big of a fan I am. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you've never heard me say this, then this will be great. I've had a cold of late. Honestly, I got a cold about a month ago, and that sucker hung on. Like, it only, the worst part of it only lasted about five, six days, but then it just hung around. And you know, like, when your nose like you're, it's so um, dried out from just blowing your nose all the time, but then also how sometimes you can get just a really dry nasal passage, mm-hmm. and it just your nose hurts. Like it's not even when your nose is congested; it's just you, know, you wake up and your nose is so dry. Mm-hmm. So one of the things in Ayurveda that I learned about was you know when you have that excess dryness. One of the best, easy self-care ways to handle that is with oil, Mm -hmm. specifically a lot of, um, depending on your dosha, um, you would use different oils for different things, but you're... This this like blew me away when I first learned about it and I went, I don't know about that. But the more I learned about it, the more it made sense. Your, Your nostrils... And your ears are two areas where you would like self-care and Ayurveda includes the oiling of both of those Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. I got a neti pot and I will use that sometimes. And they say they're like, always, always use a, a nasal oil afterwards. And it's not like you're shooting oil up your nostrils. It's this tiny little bottle and it's got a dropper. You can either use a Q-tip or you can use your the tip of like your little finger. Mm-hmm. And you just drop a couple drops on here and you just put it like right around the, op- like, you know, just a little bit inside your nostril. And you would just inhale and like breathe it in. It makes such 
a freaking difference. Like it has made such a difference in my recovery. It's made such a difference. Like I've gotten bloody noses before from having congestion, Mm. you know, and this just helps so much. So I have one of the, there's lots of different ones you can find, but I found this one called Baraka, Baraka. It's by sinussupport.com, I guess. Um, Company out of California. They use a combination of sesame oil as the base. That's like the carrier oil, but they also put essential oils in here as well. And the sesame oil really hydrates. And then the essential oils really help to eat and soothe inflammation that's lovely it does um soothe inflammation and provide extra nourishment and the truth is like your nasal passage is supposed to be a not dry environment Mm -hmm. like it's a a healthy nasal passage is supposed to be wet it's Mm -hmm. supposed to to have functioning pores and everything this stuff just helps make it work better. Oh. Very simply put, it just helps it make work there. make it work better. Make work better. So you remember all those stories about neti pots and how they were super bad for your nose mm-hmm. and like how like people were like, oh my god, don't do neti pots anymore. So one of there's two things I learned about that. And this is one of the key differences, this nasal oil. That and the fact that people weren't using the proper like um saline uh-huh. kind of solution but you use a neti pot it's a it's a slightly um salty water right it's like a saline essentially so it's very drying on your nose which when you're congested you want because right. you want to get the congestion out but just doing that alone might actually do damage if you already have like dryness in your nose. Uh-huh. So they said you always follow it up with a nasal oil. Right. Always. So that's like know. the big tip. And like I've told this to a couple people and they seem very skeptical at first, but I've already had one person try it and they said they were believers. <laughs> they All were right. made believers. There you go. It's a nasal oil, folks. Who Something to be pumped for. And it's it goes a really long ways, too. So Good. Good. Well, hopefully uh, you guys are pumped for that. You were pumped for this episode. <laughs> pumped with the idea of passing along your physical fitness onto your offspring. Um, hopefully you guys are pumped to enough to go to aminoco.com slash ATF. Check out the sponsor. Uh, use our code. Uh, to get 30% off. Uh, so please do so. Um, you got anything else for him tonight? No. This has been another edition of the Addicted Fitness Podcast, and we'll check you next time. Hi. For all things Addicted Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at the ATF Podcast. And like and follow the Addicted to Fitness podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks.